Oliver, would you like to now reveal your favorite Pop-Tart? Factually the best. Hello and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast. As you heard right there, we're talking about Pop-Tarts. Only briefly, but if you listened to last week's podcast, you'd know that we were discussing Pop-Tarts and Oliver did not reveal his favorite. And over on Instagram, we left a question on our last post and we got some comments, we got some feedback. So stay tuned to find out what Oliver's favorite Pop-Tart is because we know that's the kind of game and content you came to hear. But aside from that, we got quite the episode today where we're talking about some Horizon Forbidden West. We're talking about Elden Ring. We're talking about tech news. But most importantly, we're talking about soundtracks. And now that we're in the top eight, you know it's going to be painful each and every week. So make sure you stay tuned to find out which ones we pick. Head over to Instagram. Let us know your favorite Pop-Tart flavor. Let us know your favorite video game soundtracks and how wrong we are. We'd love to hear from you. So grab a coffee, sit back, relax. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Fire Gleam. Yeah, bro. (laughs) Yeah. For those of you who have uh, played Horizon Forbidden West, you... uh, Ooh. You know what I'm talking about. You know it rhymes with fire glean. Elden Ring. It's maybe a partial rhyme, but we'll we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, partial slant rhyme. We there like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're slanting. Um, do you know what also rhymes slantily with Elden Ring and Fire Gleam? PlayStation Five. Rhinegeist. Ooh. It's a big slant, but it rhymes. Thirsty Miner's not a slant from them. <laughs> That's too far. <laughs> uh, these are the beers we're drinking. Well, I guess the brewery um, from which they come from. So Yeah, I'm drinking in case Truth. You're listening. I'm drinking Hazy IPA. <laughs> yeah, Truth, Truth is the Ryan Geist. It's a Cincinnati brewery. It is also an IPA. Um, so shout out, Bruce. If you ever happen to listen to this podcast, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, it's good. It tastes like an IPA. I let Shocked. Clarissa try it, and she was like, I don't like that. And I was like, it's what I expected, because she does not like IPAs. Yeah, IPAs are... It's a good old faithful, but they certainly have become less entertaining for me over the last year or two i can still drink them and enjoy them but they're they can be a little stale i mean the market just i feel like is saturated significantly (laughs) and uh i haven't tasted one recently that i'm like wow that is exciting i know it's like you have an ipa and you're like wow that tastes like every ipa i've ever had yeah they're definitely a little little redundant but hey, we are no beer consoirs here at the Mo Video Games Podcast. Which, by the way, welcome everybody to the Beer Consoir Podcast. <laughs> um, what we are consoirs of, and yes, we know it's connoisseur. If you are here and you think we speak right, you ain't in the right place, bro. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are connoisseurs, though, of video game soundtracks. That is a absolute truth. <laughs> it could not be further from a lie. Let me let me just put it that way. Um, it so it's a late night special. You can already tell uh, because it's it it never makes sense, and it really doesn't during the late night specials. Um, but we're here. <laughs> And we're going to start with what games we've been playing. And there's a lot to talk about. We got some. Her Maxwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then we got some tech news. Not much, actually. We might actually get into the actual soundtracks, which follow tech news. And we're in the top eight now, folks. It is all seatbelts are off, all buckles are loose. What's the phrase? All. Bets are I have off. No there idea we go. what the fuck you are saying. Okay, that <laughs> makes way more sense. I was like, why are we? Don't you buckle in for the end of the race? No, not when you live dangerously. 
Oh, well, okay. And we're in danger territory. So if we like skirt off the road and die, or do we just not finish the bracket? Because we don't have our safety belt on, so how are we going to finish? (laughs) Well, if we skirt off the road and die, it wouldn't matter if we had our seatbelt on or not, because we died. (laughs) Maybe I should have put a looser looser (laughs) statement on the end cap of that. Um, But so a preview of the soundtracks for me, Doom 2016 versus Undertale. (sighs) Spicy meatballs. Should not be close. This should not be close. I know. But, but it's going to be. <laughs> it might not be. We'll see. I, I always think, ooh, and then I start talking about it. I'm like, I got it. Um, except for last week. Check it out if you haven't heard it. Um, what are you talking about this week, Oliver, for video game soundtracks? Uh, Blasphemous and Hollow Knight. It is going to be absolutely terrible. I will throw out what I said to you before, assuming that. Well, I assume you're okay with going forward with it i guess <laughs> i haven't mentioned bringing it up but i think that i looked at i looked at this week's matchup and maxwell immediately said wow that's going to be hard to which i said yes you are correct <laughs> uh and he pulled a little cheeky one last week and did a little cheater and redid the bracket without even blinking an eye without a fucking no care hesitation. in the world no hesitation so i am thinking uh we go to the top four and then we do the same as the top eight rebracketization. <laughs> you really have uh, to have followed the Mo Video Games podcast throughout our entire life to even understand what we're even remotely talking about. But I'm on I'm on board because yeah. I've been here. <laughs> we get we get we get to the we get to the top four and then we look at all top sixteen and we say which one would actually be our top four in case something got knocked out real early. Um, I feel good that the ones I've knocked out so far are probably going to stay out. But um, Blasphemous and Hollow Knight, I don't feel compelled right now that they're going to stay out. <laughs> and I just, ugh, yeah, we'll talk about it more. All right. Spicy late night special. Here we go. Let's get into it. So, Oliver, Dime, what? games have you been playing same same old absolutely same old though okay and more exciting news uh rocket league was playing last night with a friend and we decided to do an around the world where we go through every single ranked mode (laughs) and just keep every we just keep you play one rank mode go to the next one just keep playing two full rotations of the six ranked modes plus the one non-ranked mode because we decided we're just gonna do every single mode Nonstop. It was like a 13 game win streak. Never won that much. Actually, Holy just ever shit. in my life. <laughs> I, I, I ain't a winner by nature, but last night I was feeling like a true winner. Um, yeah, that was honestly pretty hysterical. Uh, it started off as a joke, and then we got like most of the, we were just kind of switching game modes randomly, and then we realized that we were like almost had done all of them. So then my part, my friend was like, oh, let's around the world it. But then once we finished it once, we were like, you just got to keep going once you do it, you know? <laughs> you can't just fucking stop after that. So that was pretty entertaining. Um, But yeah, past that, no. League, I have decided I'm not going to play Elden Ring until I play Sekiro. Uh, so I'm waiting for that to go on sale to purchase it because it should not be $60 being three years old in a FromSoft title, but it still is. So yeah, fucking that's a bro. got him. That's a bro. And when I look at the, there's like a website that shows Steam historical prices, and it lists Sekiro as a forty dollar game right now. And then I go to Steam, it's a sixty goddamn dollar game. Sounds like you got to move to where it's forty dollars. Yeah, so like a VPN, I don't know. Bro. I don't know what's going on with that. I have heard very minimal about it. I know this is like marginally tech news, but. I heard that it was more Souls-like with some Sekiro influences than any Bloodborne influences in it, which is pretty much what I expected in the very minimal gameplay I've seen is kind of what I gathered from it. Like, five minutes of gameplay could kind of figure out where I was going with it stylistically. Uh, And I'm excited because I've heard there's a lot of Souls people that say that Sekiro is their favorite FromSoft title, hands down, like no question asked. 
Um, so yeah, it's I am pumped to play Sekiro, and then I am pumped to play Elden Ring. It's been nonstop, just like people that like Souls games are like, what is happening to my face? I can't handle it. This is amazing. Like, uh, the hype is real and like rampant, like wildfire. <laughs> what games have you been playing? Well, I guess to stick on that tone, I have been deep in the Elden Ring news sauce. Um, Hell yeah. So, first of all, Elden Ring, from what I've heard, and I've watched a lot of reviews, and I've watched like a few hours of gameplay of Elden Ring. Like, Watch more than me. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is 100% a Dark Souls game um, in an open world. And it, it as I mean, literally we discussed earlier when we were talking because everyone was like, oh, this is going to be the Dark Souls game for not Dark Souls people. I was I watched maybe uh, Asmongold fight one boss for 15 minutes, and that's pretty much all I've seen. I've seen like clips here and there, but that's about it. It is a fucking Dark Souls game. It is from software. You do like 96 damage to like a 6000 HP boss. You're going to be fighting them for the next 15 minutes. It's just how the game goes. <laughs> yeah. It it is 100%. It it I mean it looks fun. Um but yeah, it's I I think if you like the Soulsborne you're going to have a fucking phenomenal time. Um and it's it's 10 out of 10 pretty much across the board of review critics. And that still blows me away how thirsty for Soulsborne games the gaming community is. Like it's just because it is it is probably the most loved and also most divisive game like series of all time. Like it is a game I will probably still never play, but it is also like one of the most beloved games of all time. It is, it is truly the definition of love or hate. There is no in between. Um, for sure. And it's crazy to me. The unfortunate thing and why it's fortunate that you're going to wait to play it is that the performance sucks right now. It is. Yep bad and i've i've watched gameplay and it is as bad as they are saying it digital foundry's title of their elden ring pc performance was simply not good enough and digital foundry typically doesn't just fucking roast a game in the the thumbnail and then i also just watched their ps5 and xbox series console performance review and it also is yeah for elden ring and it's also bad on those platforms um, the only th- there are two ways you can play it and not suffer from the bad performance. And that is if you have on Xbox Series consoles, if you have a VRR, a variable refresh rate monitor, the it Xbox has that. So it allows the, the monitor to sync up perfectly with its refresh rate with the frames coming to it. So you don't get weird stuttering and all that kind of stuff. It, it smooths things out quite a bit or. On the PS5, you can purchase the PS4 edition of the game and play it on the PS5. In the PS4 edition of the game, you can play at pretty much a solid 60 frames per second. Um, and that, that is the only way to play it at 60 frames per second. Um, unless you play it in like potato mode on the PC. Um, like that's effectively the only way to do it. And it's interesting because Xbox, their whole like smart delivery where it determines what console you're playing on and just plays that version makes it so you cannot play an xbox one version of the game on the xbox series console so playstation's Mm. like lack of smart delivery is kind of working in this scenario Mm. um i i I still don't i still think xbox has the better solution i just think it's kind of somewhat ironic that that's actually working for them at this time um it's it's not unplayable by any means, but when I was watching gameplay, most of the stutters were coming during boss fights. Um, and it was like, as you're dodging, like it's like struggling. And that was like, ooh, when timing that's- is really fucking important in Dark Souls, that seems no bueno. Um, so I... I, yeah, I th- when, yeah. When you get like 19 iframes a roll, every iframe fucking counts. <laughs> So that's uh, that's unfortunate, and it's it's disappointing that it released in that state. Um, yeah, just straight up, it's it's giving me like Forza Horizon Five vibes. Now, Forza Horizon Five was literally broken, um, so it's just some stuttering issues. With I, th- I think a lot of people 
just put up with and don't really mind. Uh, like it's, you can still play the game. Obviously, a lot of people are and are having a great time, but it's of note. Um, so yeah, waiting is probably a good call. But everything else about the game, from what I've seen, I was like, I mean, yeah, looks looks fucking cool. Like and just looks great. How how exciting that we have. Dying Light 2, which I mean, some people are lukewarm on, but that came out. Horizon Forbidden West, which I'm about to talk about. Um, Elden Ring just came out. Gran Turismo 7 comes out on Friday. Um, like the games were catching up like post pandemic era of all the like developers having to figure out how to work and develop from quarantine and delay and all this kind of stuff. The The backlog of catalog the back the, the backlog catalogs coming coming right up and uh there's some good games and a lot of a lot of heavy contenders heavy hitters god of war ragnarok might still come out this year i'm pumped for that and hearing you talk about hfw also got me a little pumped to play you you're you might be spreading some tickets for the hype train. <laughs> <laughs> They're free, baby. Hop aboard. Um, <laughs> the water's warm on the hype train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't afford coolers because nobody pays for tickets. So, um, but yeah, how so, is HFW? Yeah, so that's what I've been playing exclusively horizon forbidden west the sequel to horizon zero dawn um i've been playing it on the ps5 and for those of you watching youtube you may notice that there's no ps5 in my rear (laughs) um as there normally is and that's because the ps5 is out by my 4k tv um, because i have been playing i would say i've probably played 80 or 90 percent of my playtime has been out there on the TV, and it, I, I've I played enough of it on my like computer monitor to know that you it still looks fucking phenomenal without that. But man, on the the 4K HDR display, that game is fucking gorgeous. That's going to be my first thing right off the bat. Is I, it has been a long time since I've like. I'm constantly like in shock that this is a video game that I'm playing. Like the, yeah. the graphics are actually a large enough jump that I'm kind of surprised. And yeah. And then I keep thinking, I mean, wow, this looks great, but like this kind of looks a little bit like horizon zero dawn, like for the art style and like the environment and stuff like that. And uh, it fucking makes sense because this isn't a spoiler, but you start off near where Horizon Zero Dawn was, and then you go west. Um, And the geography changes quite a fucking bit, and holy shit balls. Um, I, yeah, I am, I am aghast. It is, right now, I think I can confidently say the most beautiful game and graphically impressive game I have ever played. Period. I really don't have much doubt about that in my mind. And so that, 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 that doesn't tell you anything about gameplay story, all that kind of stuff. But I just want to say that is like, holy shit. And I'm still. I'm, I'm blown away by it. Um, so let's get into gameplay. So we remember tall necks from Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so essentially, those of you who are familiar with like the Ubisoft, like tower climbing, where you like you, you climb a tower to unlock a radio tower and it clears the map for you so you can see stuff. Yeah, gross. Horizon Zero Dawn had a similar mechanic, although much less than that and more interesting because it was a more interesting climbing puzzle. Basically, there's these large giraffe like looking machines. The tower moves. Yeah, the tower moves. They they, they changed the game, literally. Um and so then you have to figure out how to get up on top of the, the tall neck and stuff like that. And th- that was interesting. Um, they have made it way cooler to do tall necks um, hmm. in, in this game. It, th- there's no story spoilers to it, but like the environmental challenges and the environments they're in are way cooler. Um, and it's not just getting on top of them. There's usually some additional story and activity you have to do for the tall neck um like i i just 
I just did one in like the redwoods of like the the west, California. you know, yeah, and in that area. That I I am still like that was one of the best missions I have played so far in the game, and it was fucking tall neck. <laughs> like I had just like I was like the whole time I was like it's so fucking cool. Um, so they've they've improved some of the more mundane things, and, and the, the the story starts off and the game starts off very similar to Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like it it morphs into a much better game over time. Where like I started off and I'm like wow this looks great. But like it's feeling like Horizon Zero Dawn, like not game changing levels. And then it just they're adding there's way more weapon types. There's way more ammo types. There's way more skill trees. There's way more diversity and verticality in the environments. There's way more machines um, and types of machines like but it, it's like it's slowly introduces it at like a very good rate that you feel comfortable with the stuff and that there are a couple times the game is also harder than it was in horizon zero dawn in a good way so horizon zero dawn once you kind of there's like you get it one or two weapons and then you're kind of like all right i can kind of it's Similar to the Doom 2016, Doom Eternal argument we always talk about. But like Doom 2016, you get the super shotgun, boom, you fucking finish the game. Um, and Doom Eternal forces you to use different weapons for different things. You don't have to use different weapons for different things in this game. Um, but because each machine has different weaknesses and components that you can take off in different ways to approach them and attack them, it, it takes more planning than I than I remember, but in an interesting way where you kind of have to plan your battles and you can use traps and use rope casters to tie them down and do different things. Or you can do more stealth related things or you can use your bow more. Um, so that that's morphed quick. And then the melee combat. Woo, doggy. It's like a fully fledged like melee combat game. They they have an entire skill tree of melee combat where you unlock different move combos like and it looks super fun like each move combo looks fucking badass it plays really well it's mostly for human enemies um but it works really well with machines too and i am doing a lot of melee combat um yeah so so now there there are two more things to talk about and that is the human ai and the story the human AI still dumb as nuts. Um, that effectively has not improved at all. Um, like I just, it is the dumbest AI I've probably played in a game. That is probably the biggest like drawback to the game. It it really isn't because like the human AI or like you barely have to interact with them at all. Um, and they do have a couple like melee challenges. So like when you're fighting like a a human boss. Um, in either a melee pit or out in the wilds, that's interesting combat because you have this incredible arsenal and they have a like different moveset. It's like a true boss fight. That's really good. But when you're just clearing a camp, I mean, you can cheese the fuck out of the AI. They are stupid. Like, I mean, this guy is standing here. I come up and like spear into the back and he's like, oh, and this guy's like, just standing there. Doesn't like, I mean, I can be walking like, 20 feet in front of this guy but because i'm crouching i'm invisible um i mean it is so it's skyrim mccann's essentially essentially and i mean i do have some upgrades for like stealth that like somehow reduces my visibility and stuff but i mean it seems it seems pretty cheese dog the ai dumb but the melee combat against them is really fun um so like if you're not trying to stealth i think it's a lot of fun because then then the ai doesn't matter then they're fun to play against because they're just trying to attack yeah but stealthing I guess that's really what I should say is the stealth with the humans is bad. The stealth with the machines is interesting and fun and the machines are smart and that's good. Um, Commentary on society. The what? Commentary on society. Humans dumb, machines smart. (laughs) Truly. Um, And then so story is is the last component. And it's so I, I haven't completed it yet so i can't i can't it so far has not hit me as hard as the 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 big thing in horizon zero dawn 
Um, but it kind of has. It's 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 very first of all, I love this world. I love the world of Horizon um and the lore. I've never been more thirsty for lore in a game in my entire life. I just it's so interesting learning more about the past and learning more about Ted Farrow and learning it there's a lot more details that are like just throughout the environment and stuff where you learn about how these things came to be and more people involved in the story. And that's like really interesting. And then as far as the actual story bits of the game, I will not say really much about it at all because I really don't want to spoil this, especially for Oliver. Um, but there, it's, it's some good stuff. It's yeah. I, I can tell I'm about to hit a point where I know something's going to shock me because there are some still some big question marks and I know they're going to slap me across the face and they've, they've already hit me with some pretty strong, whoa, oh shit moments. Um, so if, if, if we consider the, the Horizon Zero Dawn like twist to be a 10, I would say Horizon Forbidden West so far has hit some pretty consistent seven and eights. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm still waiting to see if they can kind of get up to similar levels of the Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, shit. Like, they're, they're impressive oh, shit moments and still some of the best in games I've played. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, the, the story has not had the oh, shit twist as far as Horizon Zero Dawn goes. Now, that being said... The story is interesting. I think it's a good story on top of that, on top of the oh shit moments, like just about that. The the whole like open world game for people who don't like open world games, I think is a little bit of an exaggeration. It's still very much an open world game that at, that we're familiar with. But I do have to say the side quests are greatly improved. Um, but they're still side quests. Um, they still... There's still question marks on the map, um, and that bothers me. And that's one of the things I've heard about Elden Ring that I like, and I wish more games would start doing that, is there is nothing on the map, so it is up to you to explore. And that, I think, the, the that feeling of discovery on your own, I think, is far more exciting than, oh, I know there's going to be something over here. So then when I go over here, if there's nothing that's really that exciting, I'm now disappointed. Um, yeah. And so Horizon does fall victim to that because they got question marks all over the place. The, the good news is, is that most of the time it's actually pretty interesting. Every single quest I've done has given me worthwhile stuff. Um, so I, I haven't like finished it and just been like, Oh, I got a thousand XP and I fucking got berries for Brad. Like it's, it's been either an interesting story, useful equipment, equipment I wouldn't have gotten otherwise, et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting. So, all in all, that, that's a lot of talk about Horizon Forbidden West. Um, th- summary, graphically and visually, incredibly fucking impressive. Um, gameplay, leveled up from Horizon Zero Dawn um, quite a bit, and, and that's really good. The human stealth, bad. Machine stealth, good. Um, all non-stealth combat, fantastic. And then story, very solid. We'll see if it if it hits Horizon Zero Dawn levels. That's my summary. Do you have any, any thoughts? Any questions? How many hours have you played? I could. I can't look it up right now. I don't think. I'll see if I can. Um, my guess would be thirty. Okay, because it says yeah, average playthrough is like thirty to forty for like relatively a little a little thorough you know a little more thorough than an average so it sounds like you are getting pretty close to any precipice the map thing made me think of one thing i really liked when i was playing fallout 3 was they show you nothing other than the terrain in it and that made it really fun because then you started thinking about like if there's like a mountain or a plateau right 
maybe at top of the plateau there's going to be a city because it's a safe place because they can see out over the valley and stuff like that and it felt like they kind of designed around like logically where cities would want to go so there weren't question marks or anything but you could still kind of like use the map to get an idea of whether or not things might be there right and that that made it like a little more exciting to like use the map and actually try to it's not just like walking randomly into the abyss and seeing what the ha like whatever happens right like you actually have some information that you can use off of it which i enjoyed made a little puzzle game that that actually reminded me of another point um so i got two more points i got a negative one and a positive one i'll end with the positive one because i'm liking rising for Britain west but the the climbing is just as frustrating as it was in Ghost of Tsushima. I might have said this last week. I don't remember. Um, or no, I think I texted this to you, Oliver. You texted me. Yeah. Yeah. And it is it has not gotten better. I mean, it's it's fine, but it, it is one of those where they you're you're trying to go from here to there and it'll misread your input. It's it's very easy to accidentally oh, do shit. an incorrect uh. input. Um and, and that just gets really frustrating. That there was literally I, I had to time it right to hop onto something that was like a 15 second gap in between the timing. And I jumped off what I thought was correct. And it 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 looked like I was going to fucking land on a thing. And it just it didn't read it as, oh, you have landed on the thing, even though my character model hit the thing. And I fucking fell to the ground and died. And I was like. Excuse me. Um. So that's only happened once or twice. And there's a lot of climbing in the game, but it's it's and when I'm not dying and like losing progress, it's still like I'll get up to a point and I'm like, I should. Why aren't you reaching for that? Like. It's a little confusing like that. Um, so, yeah, climbing it reminds me of Assassin's Creed. That was a huge complaint of mine with Assassin's Creed because they tried oh. making the climbing super smooth. Uh, I don't remember if it was one or two or both, but yeah, it's like there's like a brick that they clearly design right because that's this is early enough where it's like it's not just naughty dog yellow it's just like there's a huge ass object right that you guaranteed have to fucking climb and then you'll be like holding the analog stick Ezio won't move yeah it's like what am i supposed to do and, and that's that's the thing is like i i don't get enjoyment from the climbing aspect of the game so i should be don't make me have to fucking be like, oh, yeah, I got to turn the analog stick a little bit this way to get to that one. And just let me fucking push up and the character yeah. will figure out how to get up the fucking thing. Um, granted, they've opened up so you can climb quite a bit. So I guess directionality does matter a little bit now. It's not like there's a linear path to follow. Um, oh, and the other thing that really bothers me is the fucking you like jump onto something in the animation where it's like, oh, you're almost going to fall off. Um, obviously you're not going to because it's a fucking video game unless it's a scripted moment um, and that, that happens all the fucking time when you're climbing in Horizon and it, and it like takes like five seconds for the animation to play and I'm like I don't got time for this I know you're not falling keep going um, yeah so climbing the climbing is frustrating me a little bit not enough the that I though. care um, the positive the soundtrack is fucking slapping. I, I had this in the note. I just wasn't looking at my notes when I was talking about it. But. Whoo. Fuck me. The soundtrack is good. Hmm. Surprising. Yeah. Like. Who, who is it by? I think it's the same people that did Horizon Zero Dawn. And I know that doesn't answer the question. I don't know. It's like it Horus Demand or something. Or Joris Demand. Didn't Horus write uh, Lord of the Rings? Oh, maybe. That might explain why it's so fucking epic. Oh, wait, no. I'm mixing something up. Hold on. Now I'm looking at Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, Howard Short. Wait, why am I thinking Horus, man? I'm well, so, that's what I'm I just so said. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that. <laughs> Oh, Horace Mann is like, uh, there's an elementary school in my city that is dedicated to Horace Mann. Oh, I had one of those in my city as well. Yeah. In our city, some may say. Even though we're talking about two different cities. I also forgot why, totally random thing, but uh, my RuneScape account, when I used to play RuneScape uh, 18 decades ago, 
had some rep. The, the name was like he was named after Horace Mann to some degree. Who is Horace Mann? <laughs> I don't know, nor do I care. <laughs> <laughs> I must have had like one one school project on him or something. I was like, that's it. Poor Howard Shore. I just called you Horace Mann. You don't deserve that. <laughs> I'm going to get murdered for saying that. Deservedly so. So who composed? Um, uh, it, it is Joris Deman or Horace Deman. I, I don't know. It was, it's it, J-O-R-I-S Deman. <laughs> um, and there's a couple other names that I am just not even going to remotely attempt to pronounce. Um, because they got a lot more consonants than I'm comfortable with. So, uh, but essentially the same team from Horizon Zero Dawn, but they have substantially upped their game. And my cat needs to get out. One moment. We'll give this moment of silence for Horace and Howard and Horace. <laughs> um, yeah, but the the variety of the music seems to be far stronger than Horizon Zero Dawn was. Um, and the number of times I'm noticing the music is a lot and in a good way, not as in like, oh, this doesn't match as in like, uh, this is fucking pumping me up. Um, there's a there's a trailer where you fight a tremor tusk, which is basically it looks like a, a woolly mammoth machine. Um, and the music in that I was like, oh, it's kind of giving me doom vibes. and I still get those vibes because that music is in the game. And oh, damn. It feels good playing it. There's one area I was just in where they were clearly alluding to The Last of Us with the music. Um, and it fit the area. And I'll leave it at that. Take away from that what you will. Um, Choo-choo. <laughs> uh, but it was really fucking cool. Like the way the area was with the Last of Us music, I was just like, it was bringing, and I was like, those fuckers. I th- are you still are you still ahead. climbing Naughty Dog Yellow? Uh, there there is no Naughty Dog Yellow to climb. Well, there's there's a tiny bit of a Naughty Dog Yellow in like the very intentionally like placed by the tribes. Like if it's a man made climbing hold, it's yellow. But if you're climbing in the outdoors. You, you can use your focus to highlight the climbing points and then your focus will highlight it as yellow. Um, but in the world, it's not like the natural climbing points are not yellow. And that's that's how I said they kind of cheese their way around the, the Naughty Dog Yellow. They can make the environment look natural and then just use your focus. And boom, now you know how to climb and know where to climb highlighted in yellow. So. Uh, but they uh, PlayStation blog and, and on their YouTube channels and stuff, they've posted some videos about with like the composers talking about the Forbidden West music. And I watched the first one because it was kind of talking about Horizon Zero Dawn and barely started to brush on Forbidden West. And I am not going to watch the rest of them in case they allude to anything in the game that I don't want to know about yet. Um, but I'm very interested to see if they mention Last of Us and like alluding to other PlayStation games because there's clearly mechanics in it we've already talked about that are similar to Uncharted and Last of Us and God of War. Um, and so it seems like there's definitely kind of this like a little bit of love and homage being paid to some of these other PlayStation franchises. And the soundtrack clearly was it was unmistakably Last of Us. Um, that was pretty cool. But in its own horizon way. I don't know. It's yeah, it was cool. The soundtrack slaps. Um, all right. That's a lot of talk about Horizon Forbidden West. So let's go into a little bit of tech news. Um, so. In Call of Duty, multiplayer is a thing, and cheaters are a thing anytime there's multiplayer. So Call of Duty, I've mentioned this a long time ago, many podcasts ago, they had created their own anti-cheat system that they call Ricochet. Um, And apparently what they're doing right now with it is that um, if they detect someone is cheating, their bullets become ineffective. Um, So effectively every other player becomes invincible to the cheaters bullets. Uh, and that's the way to kind of punish the, the cheaters. And I just think that's great. Anytime there's a new creative way that a developer punishes a cheater, whether or not it's actually going to be effective at stopping cheaters or do anything to forward the cause. I think the creativity behind it is very exciting. Um, so I thought 
that was just kind of funny. Like you're, you're being a cheater. You're supposed to be, you're probably like getting perfect aim and like shooting and it's doing nothing and you're still dying and you're like, um, and it's also with like the anti-piracy measures a lot of games do. The point behind them is to make you think you aren't being tricked. Yeah. Like the, the, the longer that you think you are being successful, the less likely you are to try and find a workaround for it. Um, I think that's a fun way to instead of just perma banning you, you're playing and it's gonna not be fun. That's pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, Chibi Robo, are you familiar with the game Chibi Robo, Oliver? So it's a game that came out on GameCube, and you play as this little robot cleaning stuff up. And it's a game my wife Clarissa grew up playing, and. If you try to buy a copy of it on eBay, you're going to need to fork out like over $200 probably. Um, I don't know why it is so popular. And so, well, I, I not not to like slam on the game, but I, I don't understand the, the hype behind it because I, I just wasn't aware of it uh, growing up. But I watched some gameplay of it uh, with Clarissa last night to, to try and understand and I got to say, the soundtrack was fucking banging in that game, too. It was like this in great. It was like just piano, but it was like the most like intense piano that was going on with this little robot just going around, like picking up trash. And it was, it was wild. I was like, I think I get it. I think I understand I think Chibi I Robo. Get it. Um, so I just want to throw that out there for anyone who has played Chibi Robo. Um, I understand now. And it's great. And if you own Chibi Robo, the disc. You have you're rich. Um, I literally saw on eBay someone had they, they literally when you get them like certified for like the quality, like the grade, they, they're literally doing this with these. And there was like a grade A or whatever, like the top, like pristine mint sealed copy that was being sold for three thousand um, dollars. Jesus, like there is something very collectible about this game. And like uh, most of the used copies were going for over two hundred dollars on eBay. So craziness. Um invest now. Inv- yes. <laughs> um Yeah. No, that's that's really about it. That's about all I had uh for the old tech news. So pretty pretty light week this week. Uh, a lot with Horizon for Ben West, Elden Ring, we talked a lot about. Um so get hyped. Good games are coming out. Amen. And since it is my week, that means I will go first in my video game bracket soundtrack showdown. That's the official name. Like it or get out of here. Um, so as mentioned before, my two games are Doom 2016 and Undertale. These are games I have both already spoken about. We got Undertale composed by Toby Fox himself guess what he's the guy who developed the entire fucking game too ah good job toby um and then we got doom 2016 composed by mick gordon who's now fallen from the graces of id software with a bunch of debacles that happened during the development of doom eternal but let's get this straight he won the video game soundtrack of the year in 2016 when the doom soundtrack was released with the game and if you never has there been a soundtrack that more perfectly encapsulates the emotion of the game. In Doom, if you're unaware, you shoot demons. That's the game. And what do you listen to when you're shooting demons? Some futuristic cyber heavy metal. And what is the soundtrack? That. And does it slap? It fucking slaps, bro. It's doom. You're shooting demons and you're badass in the music. It's badass. Now, Undertale. That music, I, I so I've already talked about Undertale and, and what I think about it and the game and the soundtrack. And that when I was watching Oliver play it, I was like, holy shit, these soundtracks are ridiculous. And there are there are particular each boss you're fighting in Undertale has its own like song with it. There's a lot of different music in the game. 
And there's one particular where you're fighting a ghost. And Toby does something very interesting with this kind of like 8 or 16-bit music that it actually kind of sounds like what you would think a ghost might sound like. And I thought that was a very inventive thing to do with the music. And I thought that was cool. Um, and Megalovania, on its own, can stand up next to almost any soundtrack on this fucking list. Hyperbolic. I don't think so. I I it's a club banger, but you can't say one song matches. There's a difference between this is a whole whole fucking tangent we could go on here. But I'm just saying one song cannot make a soundtrack. I just vehemently disagree with that. Like it that does is if a you fucking, put it on repeat. <laughs> that, but that's just like that's a fundamental fucking no no to me. That's like saying that like one song on an album makes the album great. That's just the fucking lie, right? Like. There's plenty of albums that have one song I like. Those albums suck ass. That's okay. That song, fire. But also, I will say, I think that's a discredit to the rest of what he does on the album. Like, I want, I, I will express my opinions. I want Doom to win. I think Doom should win. I think it's a superior soundtrack. But uh, it's a good, like, I do think Undertale's soundtrack do be smacking. Megalovania is fucking Club Banger 9000. That is for sure. But. To give it all the cred, bro? Come on. That's, that's, that is, mm-mm. Can't do that. I just, I love the heat that you're bringing, and I was happy to fan those flames, baby. Um, I mean, yeah, everything you said is 100% valid. Like, a song does 100% not make a soundtrack. Is a discredit to everything else Toby Fox did, and the song alone obviously is not stand up to any of the other soundtracks on here, because the soundtracks are collective units, and they are fucking club bangers as well. Um, but Megalovania. But that song goes fucking hard. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you that. That song goes hard. <laughs> it's fucking crazy hard. Um, and it, it's one of those songs because of like the cult classic status that a five or six year old game already has. That Megalovania has kind of achieved that. It's kind of like approaching like some of like the Mario music in that it's just like it's so iconic in the gaming industry. Um, that it's not necessarily like, wow, the greatest song of all time, but like, that's a pretty fucking club banger gaming song right there and pretty iconic. You listen to it and you're like, Undertale. Um, I love when old sound clips just start coming out the fuck out of nowhere from like video <laughs> games, like the uh, the Metal Gear Solid sound when you get caught by a guard. The fact that that's like reliably used still, right? Yeah. It's like most people I know have not played a single Metal Gear Solid game, but they still know they're like, oh, that's the sound from the Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Yep. And the, like I love when that shit happens. The the Zelda like opening a chest or something oh, the sound yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. No, there's There's uh yeah, there there's some good gaming ones. And Megalovania is is approaching that status of like of gaming sound icons or gaming song icons. Um it's it's also like meme status at the same time. It's like it's everything. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Um, but that being said, yeah, Doom wins. Obviously. I mean, Fuck yeah. maybe it's not obvious to some people, but like I said, Doom goes hard. Doom on its own is just holy shit, bro. Um, but then on top of it, the fact that that what the game Doom is and how the music is that even though it's one dimensional, it hits that dimension hard and it hits it well. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fucking good. It's good from like a musicality standpoint, from a composition standpoint, from how it complements the game standpoint. I listen to that soundtrack on its own all the time. Maybe that says more about me than it does anything else. Maybe I'm just, no, it's, angsty, it, it, but. it's good. No, it's yeah, I, I think that that soundtrack's good and also something that. Yeah, not discrediting Undertale, but like that's just a soundtrack that you just don't get in most games at all, right? There's just not many games that you're opening up and you're just going to get Chugalug Doug. It's time for some Doomy Doomy. <laughs> We're going to fucking rock your sockies like that just that shit doesn't happen. So when it does happen and it fucking fits, I mean, to be fair, Doom is like what? 
you kill demons, you go to hell, you kill more demons, and then you get out of hell. That's the there's a premise of every single Doom game, right? Like, uh, yep. yeah, it's an appropriate game for a chugabuga, but it fucking delivered, and he fucking killed it. Like that was insane. He did an amazing job with it. I do have to say, Doom Eternal, you go to what's effectively heaven. So let's oh, but plot twist, I, I'm shocked. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you fight some angels and stuff. So. Big plot twist. Big plot twist. It's good shit. Doom Eternal, also fantastic. Um, but the, the, the Doom 2016 was just pure. And it was a return to form for Doom. Um, back to the original formula from a gameplay standpoint. And also the music was like, there's so many callbacks to the original Doom songs. Um God, it's just so good. It it Doom 2016 reignited a lot of passion I had for games too. Like just on a side note from the game, like that was just like a it's such a pure game. It's not trying to say anything with it. It's not trying to tell an interesting story. It's just trying to be the best game that it can be and boy oh it's boy a- do it deliver. Yeah, it's like the the way we always talked about it, I feel like is like it's like the first game we've experience in a long time that's like just there to be fun right like old arcade games are just designed to be like fun or suck your quarters i guess depending on how you <laughs> want to word it but like you get you get the point right like it's like everything now is like some big either open world or grandiose story trying to like convey some moral fucking message not nah, doom's just like big fucking gun cool heavy metal cool going to hell and killing demons cool let's put them all together it's like just because just because is the only other one that i think can even come close to like just like that game was just a fucking fun game that was clearly their goal going into it they're like what's cool swinging um ridiculously big explosions and driving fast and flying things and crashing everything blows up that's really they just knew explosions were it <laughs> capitalized yeah. and why <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah three <laughs> um yeah so i do i was shot like you you yeah doom was the gravy train for you for a while i was pumped like you you sauced on that yeah i i still use doom and for a long time doom was like my workout soundtrack because if you if you're trying to get the adrenaline pumping and like get the energy levels up that's how you do it that's how you do it but yeah it's Doom is going to be in the top four <laughs> because I no just said it would be. <laughs> yeah, no redirect needed. It deserves its spot in the top four. No questions asked. So it's top four is going to be fucking hard, though. I, I know that. Yeah. Top 16. I was feeling like, man, you know, now, now I'm not really I, I wasn't that concerned about what did or didn't make it in because there's a lot of like close contenders. I feel like when. There's like certain soundtracks that just really hey, smack you in the face good, right? And then the rest of them, there's like a good chunk that are really good. There's a good chunk that are good, right? But it's just like, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, but yeah, top four is going to be, that's going to be fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we do it. So that everyone can judge us. And our opinions are recorded <laughs> and saved on the <laughs> internet forever. You're welcome. We do this for you. It, it, it's a burden. We we shoulder God bless gracefully. Um. Okay, my games. Assuming I'm good to go. Oh, you good to go? Blasphemous Hollow Knight. Uh, Blasphemous reminds me a lot after you talking about Doom. Everything that you said about Doom about it being like it gets one mood and it just does that mood really fucking well and smacks it home really hard. That is what Blasphemous does. And I really like that mood. <laughs> and I would say that that mood is unique in terms of like stylistic, like lots of Spanish guitar. I was watching some video about it and they broke it. Apparently it's like some very hyper fucking specific region of Spain. And then like the music and like the Catholic influence music that is there uh, that like influenced the whole thing, which is also where the developers are from. And I think like Carlos Viola, who composed it, uh, I believe is also from uh but yeah so i thought that that was really interesting um like yeah it's definitely it can be very samey when you're going through it which i guess is maybe the dying light criticism that i'm just going to apply to most of my soundtracks but since i like it i don't fucking care <laughs> exactly uh 
where yeah hollow knight definitely uh going back through that the diversity that christopher larkin puts into the soundtrack i i every time i think about the hollow knight soundtrack i'm like oh like i remember it being good but like that's my thought right it's just like eh, you know it's good but like the gameplay is really fucking good and i like the art style and shit like that and then i like listen to it again and i get like soul sanctum where he has the big fucking organ just wailing in the background and i'm like oh my god this shit's crazy <laughs> uh yeah the like integration of the music into the environment and how well it fits like when you first come in the city of tears it's just like two instruments and they're playing this nice like kind of calm little melody and then as you take this elevator down and it opens up into this big ass room then all of a sudden like full fucking orchestra comes in you know people are singing in the background it's just like oh my god like uh yeah it's stuff like that where the attention to detail and how they use the soundtrack is definitely i think probably higher than blasphemous to a great degree and also the diversity of sounds that he puts into the soundtrack is definitely higher because yeah christopher larkin just fucking killed it Ugh, yeah man. i i thought i knew beforehand what i was gonna pick and now i'm stressing uh so yeah i don't it's the the summary of my confusion is blasphemous i think is more novel and i also think is like a sound that i'm just not gonna get from a video game soundtrack uh like ever again if i'm being totally honest unless there's like blasphemous too <laughs> you know but like uh just getting some nice like ominous eerie spanish guitar just fucking strumming in the background and shit like that just not gonna get that where something like hollow knight like christopher larkin killed it but i would say it's way more of like an expected video game soundtrack i don't think he, it's as novel per se um mm -hmm. but i do think that the way that the sounds are integrated the way that sounds capture the environment um uh, and the diversity of sounds because like the biomes and custodia is just so it's all just supposed to be like kind of gory and kind of depressing and kind of <laughs> fucked up, right? Like that is blasphemous in a nutshell. Where like if you compare like Green Path to City of Tears to like Deep Nest to the Hive, <laughs> you know, it's like uh the biomes uh and Hollow Knight are I think pretty demanding on the artist, like the Christopher Larkin, right? To come up with good sounds that fit it. While still maintaining, like, there is definitely still, like, a Hollow Knight sound going through it. Um, which I think is, like, the, you know, there's something to be said about, like, sure, Carlos Viola had samey sounds going through it, but there was, like, a Custodia sound, right? And it was very, like, there was a lot of homogenousness um, going through it. That was nice. Continuity would have been such a better word there. Uh, <laughs> where, yeah, the demands on Christopher Larkin to, like, match different places. And a lot more moods, I think than blasphemous so as i'm talking about this i feel like christopher larkin just has to fucking take it with hollow knight but i just love blasphemous soundtrack so much <laughs> and i listen to blasphemous soundtrack way more than i do hollow knight um but i just feel like it factually hollow knight's better <laughs> well so bad I, if you need any help I think Hollow Knight is factually better and yeah. should win this matchup. I've, the more I talk about it, the more I feel good about it. I just think it is. It's just a more demanding game to make a soundtrack from. I think he killed it. I think the sound integration, like little moments like that, that I was mentioning with City of Tears when you come in and then you go down to the main area and then it like opens up like small sound integrations like that is just something that I don't think that. Studio 17 studio that is much larger than team cherry uh <laughs> so I, I, I don't know they just didn't they didn't integrate the same way you know um i keep talking about hollow knight keep talking about team cherry keep being blown away that game's fucking ridiculous um yeah so i guess hk hk wins another day <laughs> do you want to know something else kind of spicy sure in post, I am going to put Hollow Knight over Undertale. That is a factually accurate take. <laughs> I uh, Doom still beats Hollow Knight in my eyes, um, for me, 
at this moment in time. We'll see what the top four ends up with. There could be more spiciness to happen. Um, but Hollow Knight is one of those, like, continues to age like fine wine for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I left the, the craziness. Uh, it's a couple podcasts ago where I said that I think Hollow Knight might beat Ori for me. Um, Poggy woggies. And I'm now saying the soundtrack, I think, beats Undertale. And could continue to make a comeback in the future, perhaps. Um, it's very interesting. But yeah, the Christopher Larkin has laid down some slap. It's every time I go back and think about the game or watch gameplay from the game and stuff like that, or like a eight bit eight bit music theory. I forgot exactly what the channel is, but he has like a three part series that goes over the entire soundtrack and like things that he noticed in the soundtrack and how they develop the environment and the ambiance and shit like that. Yeah, just going through it every single time. It's only fond memories, and every single time I'm only like, holy shit! I like the Soul Sanctum is like I can't. I can't put into words how like cool that environment was when I first went into it because it was just like fucking out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden it's just like it's this overwhelming just like, yeah. So it's just so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Soul Sanctum for me. Also. So cracked. That game is so cracked and so many levels. Oh, my God. (laughs) I should speed run it again. You should. Except now that I upgraded the Windows 11, I have to re-down patch, so. Which I'll talk about next week. Okay, wait, you can't... You have to downgrade to Windows 10 to play? No, I have to down patch my game. Because it's normally run on, like, 1221. And the current patch is, like, 1431, 1413. I forgot exactly what it is. But, yeah, the normal any percent speed run isn't run on current patch. Oh, 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 got you. I thought this was related to Windows, and I was like, Windows messed Uh, with Hollow Knight? They're dead to me. Okay. There's stuff like uh, when you're going up to the Watcher Knights, uh, there's that, like, when you first start going up, there's, like, a corridor that comes up, and there's a little lever on the right side, bench on the left side, and you kind of got to, like, wrap around the entire room to go. Yeah. And 1221, you can just jump up and hit the lever from under it. Like that just it's not like shit like that. That like is like a solid like two minute time save minimum. Yeah. <laughs> for me, because I'm slow, I'm sure it would be less of a time save for like Fireborn or some shit. But yeah, stuff like that's like patched out. So. Gotcha. If anyone was curious, Maxwell might not have been. Everyone knows now. <laughs> I was, uh, was mostly because I was about to just absolutely destroy Microsoft and Windows God 11. Was. But I guess stay tuned next week when maybe. Oliver's opinion may or may not have changed about Windows 11. And you don't even know what it and, is now, so <laughs> you won't know if it changed. And my experience with the Google Pixel. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I haven't even talked to Oliver about this. Mystery to yeah, me, too. We got, we got lots to talk about, but... Mm. I wanted to get to the, the soundtracks, because we, we were hyping on Forbidden West for a while, so... Deservedly so. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not dog, I'm a dog in here. I'm not dog. It sounds dog, like you're dogging, bro. Um, did I mention Horizon Forbidden West is really fucking, fucking good? Fucking good. Guess it is. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. And you can check us out on Instagram. As I have continued to couch the past few times, uh, we don't really fucking post anything other than, hey, the podcast is live. So if you're listening to this, you probably don't need Instagram, but we'd love to have you. And what it is great for is leaving comments. Ooh, I, oh, thank God we talked about this because I almost forgot the fucking Pop-Tarts. Okay. So we, uh, this Did anyone is, respond? Yes. Yeah. We had two responses. Um, so, uh, this is what Instagram is good for is comments. So please leave comments on your thoughts on the video on Instagram. Um, but this, the last, the previous podcast, we were talking about Pop-Tarts. And Oliver did not reveal his favorite type of Pop-Tart. And so I posted on Instagram to have people guess. And we actually got responses. And it's exciting. Um, so uh, skilled in the art. And... I th- MH book lover, I think is the handle. Yeah. Um, 
both responded and uh, actually just let me pull it up uh, so I can get their actual responses. Um, I will say what the responses are and then Oliver will reveal his favorite Pop-Tart. Which I've actually purchased since then because we were talking about it. That's fantastic. (laughs) Oh no, it's actually Megusta Helms. Oh, my B. That's that's the Twitch handle. Yeah, (laughs) so now you know. It's all been revealed. Um, So my (laughs) apologies. Um, But so Skilled in the Art says, I'm going to say Frosted Blueberry, final answer. And then Mm. Megusta Helm says, Frosted Brown Sugar Cinnamon was always my favorite. But for Mm -hmm. Oliver, I'm going to guess a classic Frosted Strawberry. <laughs> so those are our two comments thank you guys both for responding um and guessing oliver would you like to now reveal your favorite pop tart cinnamon and brown sugar factually the best Straight up. oh my god megusa holmes you gotta be kicking yourself that's what you were thinking you guys Straight are on the same wavelength yeah composite 100% manufactured out of fire into more fire. I don't even know how you would do that. But yeah, that's literally always been my favorite flavor. I don't, I don't want no fruit. I want cinnamon and brown sugar. Yeah, it's... Honestly, the fruit ones aren't bad. Like it's not, it's not like I dislike fruit Pop-Tarts, but cinnamon and brown sugar just always tastes good. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's, I, I think... It's all the, right. <laughs> the problem I have is that it's not the best. <laughs> um, and Touché. that's why I don't like it the most. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I, I think I had it a lot growing up. And I think maybe that's, but like, because that was all there was, I, I think is why I, maybe I grew tired of it or something, perhaps. And in the wild berry for me, it was kind of that, it was that forbidden fruit. Elusive, yeah. Yeah. Um, that made it exciting. And, and to this day, I, I still prefer the flavor now of wild berry. Uh, two brown sugar cinnamon even though i think they're great pop tarts they got a lot of bomb flavors i'll give they them that good. but i also did not realize how many calories are in a pop tart and i mean i'm eating guilt-free don't get me wrong but it's bulk in season <laughs> yeah and none of them carry nutritional value it is oh yeah for sure dessert <laughs> <laughs> um but it's brown sugar cinnamon what more could you want mm. Mm. God, God bless. But yeah, so that, that's the kind of content that will come to you on Instagram. Leave comments letting us know what you think about the soundtracks. What are your favorite soundtracks? We'd love to hear. Are you playing Horizon Forbidden West? What do you think of it? Um, are you playing Elden Ring? What do you think of it? Are you... How you doing? Just let us know. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to chat. Hit us up on Instagram. If you're watching YouTube, check out the podcast and podcast services. Listen podcast. Check out YouTube. We love you. Good night. Juicy. Juicy.